Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by Royal Holloway's Shakespeare Society. You join me, Cassie Dixon. And me, Jack Hardman, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bard Times. Today we'll be looking at the character of Hamlet with a focus on portrayals of masculinity and emasculation. Here with me to talk about it is Alex Hughes, who is this year's Vice President of Film Society at Royal Holloway. So welcome, Alex. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Very pleased to have you on the show. Um, So as a lover of film, you will no doubt be aware of the immense list of film adaptations of uh, Shakespeare's work. Mm Mm-hmm. I think there are nearly 300 full-length film adaptations and counting, and then there are over 500 films where Shakespeare has been accredited as a writer of some sort, so it really speaks to his uh, legacy in in film um, and how much of an influence he has over current uh, filmmakers. But what do you think of the longevity of Shakespeare's work as a whole, being able to cross over so many different styles and genres of film? It's very impressive how how his work has managed to survive all these years and is still being adapted today in so many different ways. Um, I think it's it just speaks to how strong the source material is and how much it connects with people. Yeah, absolutely. When thinking about Hamlet, what is it about the character and, and the play in particular, do you think, that attracts a lot of film and theatre makers to adapt it? Because it is one of the the more adapted plays of, of his works. I think that it, that it's it's a material that's open to a lot of adaptation and I think that that's kind of the key of it like the themes you can mold them in in a lot of different ways because it kind of you know everyone's been betrayed in some way and it's interesting and the dynamic there is already um very compelling and you can use loads of different takes on that. Another big topic of debate within the realm of Hamlet is his emasculation, which is very intriguing in itself. Um, But would you consider the full scope of masculinity on film something that hasn't really been explored yet? I think emasculation in in film isn't explored enough at all. I think for, in, in modern society, for, it's, it's, it's becoming a more open topic and a more open debate as as, as to what masculinity is. Yeah. Um, but I think in Hollywood and, and in general, in film, it's kind of still one of those doors that hasn't really been opened. Mm. Um, I mean, there there is examples of it. Um, there's actually quite a lot of it, surprisingly, in Tarantino's work. Um, but but the, the problem with this is it's often kind of used as a means to kind of show the character at a point of weakness Mm. and then they come back from it i think it needs to be explored kind of in more ways than just like fully degrading and and that kind of stuff absolutely i think there are far too many portrayals of toxic masculinity and not enough portrayals of positive masculinity because if if all young boys for example are seeing our portrayals of toxic behavior then you know that's that's not a good form of of representation at all and and it it's really limiting on on what masculinity is when it's it's so broad absolutely um so from your experiences of hamlet either on the stage or screen um or simply the original text what are your personal interpretations of hamlet's masculinity 
it's really hard with Hamlet to say to to properly define his masculinity. Mm. So I think on, I think as as more versions have been created, I think it's become a lot more nuanced than um, a lot of other kind of traditional characters. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I think as well it speaks to how much masculinity as a presentation has changed over the centuries. But an examination of Hamlet as a character in general is just fascinating. Um, And I think one of the first English sound films to explore Hamlet really is Laurence Olivier's 1948 film adaptation. Um, Now I think you can look at this film from two different lenses. On the one hand, you've got this breakthrough of Shakespeare on the big silver screen, which hadn't really been done on that scale before. Um, And then, of course, you have its accolades, which can't be forgotten. Um, It was the first non-American film to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards, and Laurence Olivier became the first, and to this day, I think, the only person to have won Best Actor for a Shakespearean role. So it definitely deserves its stamp on history for that alone. But on the other hand, to today's standards, what you have is still a very, very traditional and some might add outdated rendering of Hamlet. Um, So I was wondering what your thoughts were on this adaptation in general. I think think the fact that it's still watchable and still enjoyable really speaks to, to how to its kind of longevity and and even though it's outdated and you know perhaps some of the some of its interpretation of character and story aren't as complex as 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 they could be in in more contemporary versions i think with a modern day lens on it we we do need to look at it with critique well this was made then and what were times like now then and and i think the fact that you know in a lot of classic Hollywood, the acting is more wooden. Um, there's lots of wide angles and stuff mm. like that. There's it's kind of it's basically filmed as if it's a play yeah. in a lot of ways, um, which is which was great for kind of old audiences, but now it's not as enjoyable. Um, obviously, the the sets and CGI's are quite primitive, if you can even call them CGI's. Where where um you know for instance where Hamlet's on on the kind of um, ramparts of a of the castle mm-hmm. and and you can see the the backgrounds and all that is very it's very primitive yeah. but but as i say you've kind of got to look at these classic films with kind of both um both in terms of its content and the way it's filmed i think we've got to look at it kind of and say well for its time it was great but um <laughs> you know we can improve on that but it doesn't mean that it's not as i say like a staple of classic cinema and obviously it's with its accolades it was incredible for the time and i think that that still shouldn't be overlooked yeah i think personally i i think some aspects of it really do hold up um background background wise perhaps not but um the portrayal of the ghost of hamlet's father for example i think i think it stands the the test of time it it doesn't look outdated it doesn't look weird it doesn't mm. look oh yeah that's completely fake yeah what, sure. what were they thinking mm. um and it's still incredibly effective in creating a very um menacing atmosphere um 
I think it's also just beautifully shot in general, um, the entire mm. film. And there's something very German expressionistic about the set, yeah. let alone the themes of the story, which was probably where they got the inspiration for that um, movement. I mean, the the use of, of that movement in the film, um, with the use of shadows and contrasting shapes and lines. And then, of course, you have those long, winding staircases and wide open courtrooms, um, which are then juxtaposed with these intense close-ups of Olivier, uh, particularly his forehead, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to uh, to really home in uh, hone in the fact that the world around Hamlet is simply a reflection of his own inner psyche, um, which I think is is brilliant. Um, but keeping in line with uh, the filming techniques, how do you think that they convey? what we think of now as a very traditional um, translation of the original text. You were you were mentioning earlier about the, the wide angles, but what other techniques are there did you pick up on? The characters were quite 2D. Hamlet was, was the only character who you really get a sense of development for fully, mm-hmm. I think. Um, characters like Ophelia, I feel, are very much um, sidelined, and perhaps that's... Um, you know, as I say, a sign of the times. Um, but I think the fact that these monologues, the way that they're they're filmed and the way that they're performed, are really incredible. It's it's I think just the the angles and the the way that it's directed, so that you really you stick to these characters when they're going through these um, you know really intense emotions, especially Hamlet, like when he's at the top of the kind of cliffy bit with um when he's doing the to be or not to be the way the mm-hmm. kind of the waves bashing against these rocks are representing perhaps his inner struggles and the way it's directed to kind of so that you see it, it's visualized how how these characters are feeling um i think that's really incredible and that still definitely holds up and i think that's you know one of the reasons why why it's so good what are your thoughts on olivier playing Hamlet um, as as a character, what do you think he brings to the role? Um, I really like his take on the role. Um, I, I feel when I watch it that he's a lot like a teenager. He's quite... Mm, he's, yeah. he's, he's headstrong in some ways and confident, but he's also... He takes things very personally throughout the film, which, I mean, yeah, of mm-hmm. course, it's kind of a... He's got to. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> like, he's he's got a lot of anger and... He, his thinking isn't quite developed and you you can kind of feel that. From my understanding, what the film kind of uh, drew on was contemporary and new findings about uh, the psyche and, uh, and about psychological issues in, in general. Um, so I think they were more focusing on the, the inner workings of, of Hamlet's mind and how you could possibly portray that on the screen. And I think you're right in saying a lot of the the other themes and characters do get sidelined because of that, because it's it's all about Hamlet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But overall, do you think that the film works, A, as an adaptation of the play, and B, as a cinematic adaptation? Um, I think it, I definitely think it works as both. Um, but I think... I think with a, a contemporary lens on it, obviously it's it's it doesn't hold up in the same way that obviously a, a film made today perhaps would. 
yeah. um, cinematically. Uh, so I definitely think the kind of the core of it is is still very much relevant and still a great thing to explore in film and theatre. Um, I think with as a as a film adaptation, um, Olivier's is obviously a classic and is still enjoyable. But I think I think these kind of films now serve as kind of more of cultural landmarks and as icons that we can look back at, on and enjoy, um, rather than standout pieces of of technical cinema. Um, obviously, the performances are very much the classical direction and as is the camera work and I think I think it's important to be able to say things have come a long way and if this was made today it if this same film was was made today it wouldn't be you know it would probably go rather unnoticed but um mm. as I say it's obviously a, a cultural landmark and I think it deserves to to be looked on as as an incredible time in cinema so moving forward a few decades now we can see a complete breaking from tradition in the form of a certain 1994 animated disney film the lion king um now it's it's completely unfair to compare olivier's film to this uh, for many many different reasons um they're so entirely different not only from each other but from the original text as well um, so to you, what are the key changes made in this film which diverge from the original text? Um, I mean, the key one is definitely that they're lions. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's, um, there's a musical element. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the kind of the main things is that a lot of the characters are, are less prevalent or they're very much changed. Mm. Um, there is no... Uh, well, there's no Ophelia, really, um, or at least yeah. she doesn't kind of die. Um, he had, Hamlet, or, or the equivalent of Hamlet, Simba, has a has a proper love interest in this one. Um, Timon and Pumbaa um, serve a role in the film, which isn't really in Hamlet. Um, I mean, it's arguable that they represent Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, but, but um, in Hamlet, those guys kind of work for Claudius I think whereas mm. for Simba um they're like his best friends and they 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 just want the best for Simba really Simba I I feel in a lot of ways Simba is a bit more 2D than Hamlet um no pun intended <laughs> yeah no pun intended <laughs> at all um but yeah so yeah he's he's not as kind of complicated and and but that make you know for the for the type of film it is that makes complete sense yeah yeah you're right um i i think it's a challenge when you look at it face on in the fact that it's a a musical for children basically and then and then you compare it to the very adult themes of the original play and you're like oh how why how do they <laughs> um yeah but yeah, but what do you? How do you think the film's genre conventions of it being a, a children's film, a Disney film, um, especially? Um, how do you think those conventions change or have adapted the interpretation of the play? Well, I think the the obviously, as you've said, the 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 kind of the darker and the more adult themes of the film are obviously kind of glossed over and and they don't really come into play. 
um, as much. But I think there is still a big element of tragedy in it, you know, with Mufasa dying. And I think that's it's 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 strange how that's probably one of the big things as a kid you kind of remember watching and and getting upset about. Um, so there's still like a, obviously a big element of tragedy, but it's not it's not in the same mm. way as as the traditional text kind of dabbles in tragedy at all it, it's kind of it, it includes the theme but changes it and i think that's kind of and kind of molds it to a to the genre in a way it's setting kids up for hamlet but is making it very um easy to understand and very it kind of, as i've said before it kind of glosses over stuff but i think the the genre conventions also it makes it it makes the film more interactive yeah. it makes the film more exciting and or maybe not exciting but more kind of it flows a lot mm-hmm. easier um it just makes it easier for kids to interact with mm-hmm. it and and access it really it's definitely arguable how much of an adaptation of hamlet it is because at at its core value it's simply taking the themes of um a prince's father dying and then or being murdered and then his his brother is taking over the the throne or taking the crown um and i think it's a nice gateway as you said for for children to watch this as a an adaptation loosely based on hamlet um and not know that it is shakespeare and then when they grow up and find that out i think as far as I'm a, I'm aware, with everybody who has experienced this, it's it's enriched their understanding and enjoyment of the film, knowing that it's Shakespeare, but not knowing it was when when they were children. Um, it's a great gateway for for children to be exposed to the world of Shakespeare. Um, but of course, Disney is notorious with watering down their original source material. <laughs> yeah, look at every single Disney princess film and look at the original Hans Hans Christian Andersen stories for example and you will be appalled and shocked and disgusted at how vulgar and explicit they are yeah and then you look at the Disney adaptations and you're like okay something was definitely lost (laughs) in translation but there was it was lost for a reason yeah yeah um and I think the same can be said for The Lion King um because the intended audience obviously is children but not limited to children um so as we've briefly discussed the genre has definitely impacted some of the the more adult themes that you see in the in the play um but just going off on that what do you think specifically in more detail had been watered down or cut out entirely in the film because obviously you don't have the the full-on oedipus complex on Mm. display (laughs) yeah i mean um there's there's basically as you said before the whole psyche of hamlet is kind of the core of the play in a way um and that's very much watered down you don't really see that in simba you don't see these the bouncing around of inside his own head you don't see the kind of self-reflection mm. yeah or... it's, it's definitely a, a more of a coming of age story yes yes definitely um i think the themes of death are, are, are watered down but they're they're very it's it's funny how they're explored in in the lion king because also you have this valley of death and especially in terms of ophelia and her death that those kind of nuances aren't explored um you basically in this in the lion king you have 
Nala and Simba who basically just fall in love and grow up and most of the themes are just watered down this this theme of emasculation in in kind of all adaptations of Hamlet this kind of being cast out emasculates um mm-hmm. Hamlet or Simba in a way but there's I wouldn't really say as much as present I I think I think it's interesting though that Simba when his dad dies he feels very responsible and mm. um I think the fact that he feels as although he was the cause of his masculine icon's death is an interesting dynamic and I think maybe if that would have been explored in a, a bit greater depth that could have been really interesting to to watch you know to see how this affects his masculinity as he grows up but as he's a Disney character that's again quite watered down and all that stuff so you know I think the the themes of emasculation there are very um they're, they're there but the, there's only kind of crumbs of it really but at the same time it is for kids and you know I don't yeah. think they want to watch <laughs> Simba go through some kind of existential crisis so, you know. <laughs> no yeah I know. I know what you mean um definitely um I think what's great about um cross-referencing these adaptations is seeing how each filmmaker and company really tackles the theme of masculinity but on the the more modern end of the scale now um i know you particularly like the tv show sons of anarchy Mm. um i myself am not very familiar with it i haven't seen it Mm. so do you mind telling us uh, about it and how it relates to hamlet yeah um so basically it's a, a tv series about a biker gang um called the sons of anarchy um and it's uh kind of based around and, and loosely based off Hamlet. Um, the main mm-hmm. character being um, a guy called Jax, whose um, father has died when he was very young, um, and his mother is now married to his father's best friend, who has taken mm-hmm. over presidency of this bike group, this biker group, which um, his dad used to be the head of, basically. Um, yeah. And Jax is now the vice president when we kind of meet them. Um, and it kind of the the show revolves around the kind of the whole dynamic of the group and 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 um, you know Jack's basically finding out that his um, the the president of the club killed his dad. Yeah, so it's very much based on Hamlet in that way, um, but obviously it's very modern because it's a biker gang. Um, and it's definitely very different to the examples we've already looked at. Yeah. Um, so how has the show's genre and style helped to convey the themes and narrative um, of Hamlet? Um, well, it's very action and drama-based, um, although it's kind of quite brutal in at times and although it can be quite um, maybe overbearing in some ways, but, mm-hmm. but it really allows this remarkably different take to be had on it and it, it kind of... It allows the kind of perhaps the darker elements of Hamlet to be kind of brought to the forefront I'm, I'm very interested to know how the show tackles masculinity and and how it actually portrays it um would you mind uh yeah would you mind telling us about that yeah i mean the, the core of this show being a biker gang it fronts for this very masculine environment mm. um and i think that's a it's a big part of the show is kind of revealing how this max masculinity can be very toxic um, ultimately, and and how that leads to a lot of a lot of the problems within the show, and um, 
you know, there's there's a lot of examples of um, misogynistic behaviour and snitches getting beaten up and, you know, one of the characters who abandons the club or betrays them, um, a character called Juice, um, is subjected to some very uncomfortable situations in prison, you know, and and that kind of emasculates him and it's kind of not really shown in, in a, a light that's particularly um, great for the most part. But then there's also a lot of nuance within the, the key character, Jax, um, the protagonist, because he has you know a, a couple of sides to him he's very when he's kind of interacting with the club he has to be very um very masculine and very kind of hardcore because ultimately it's a biker gang and but then the equivalent of well it's not really the equivalent of Ophelia but but loosely based on Ophelia is um a girl called Tara who he does fall in love with and and has a baby with you know he's very protective and loving of her and very gentle with his child um and so i think i think in a way it does show that being masculine isn't always it isn't always just being this very macho biker guy it does mm-hmm. allow for being loving and being caring although yeah. at some points in the show being caring means killing someone that might kill you so ultimately it's it's a very masculine show but i think that does reveal a lot of things about masculinity in today's society and as a whole you can also see a lot of that fight for survival in the original text, of course. Um, and obviously the the show has changed quite a lot of the original text in its translation. Um, so how do you think these changes serve to please newer and wider audiences? Because obviously the people who are watching the show won't be the same ones watching Laurence Olivier's adaptation for example <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely think that it opens up the the text and again like it's, it's kind of a gateway perhaps in a way mm-hmm. the target audience for this is going to be for this show will be men from 18 to maybe 40s 50s something like that so i i think the i think the fact that it is this kind of biker gang that's quite masculine really opens it up as a as a gateway but you know whether that's a positive or a negative who knows really but it does allow allow people into this world and we see a lot of the conflict and resolution that happens within Hamlet over the seven seasons of um, of the show. That's that's really interesting. Um do you do you then think uh, we should be seeing more cinematic and televised Shakespearean adaptations like Sons of Anarchy in the future? No, yeah, I definitely think so. I think I like seeing stuff from Shakespeare that's heavily changed like Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Um and maybe like the Lion King as well. I think, I think that Shakespeare ultimately, despite the fact that it is iconic and historical, mm-hmm. for a lot of people it does need to be modernised to stay relevant um, and yeah. to stay interesting. You know, another kind of example of Shakespeare's work that a lot of teens really love is um, Ten Things I Hate About You, yeah. which, <laughs> which um, you know, is a really great film. But I don't think that people would enjoy just a, a, a straight-up film of the, of the Taming of the Shrew in the same way. So ultimately, I think that a lot of Shakespeare's work, the plays and the sources need to be kind of more modernised to stay relevant, I think. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot, to, a lot to be said about the modernisation of, of Shakespeare and how that can help reach a wider demographic, especially in this day and age. Um, and what do you think, then, can be done about uh, the more negative portrayals of, of masculinity on film? just moving away from from Shakespeare in general for for a moment here. 
I think that it's good to kind of to get all angles on masculinity and it's becoming in, increasingly important um to show that masculinity can come in all different you know shapes and sizes and and different ways you know you don't have to be big and strong to be masculine and being gentle and being loving can also be masculine or can be manly and I think I think that needs to be shown more so in films um I think there are examples of film where where this change is happening um but I don't think it's happening on the scale that it probably needs to or or needs to to, to certainly kind of change minds um I think film is such a, a great way of of showing people different ways of life and it's a great way of having people accept these views and, and kind of see them as normal and totally okay. Um, and I think that that's a really good thing, but I do think it needs to be explored more for sure in film today. So do you think Hamlet can provide more opportunity for um, discussion around masculinity then? Um, I'd, say, I'd say almost definitely, yeah. I think I think it's interesting that you know, there's already been so many different takes on Hamlet, and I think in order to um, for those adaptations to be legitimate, I think they need to be kind of creative. And I think I think there's definitely scope for Hamlet's masculinity to be explored further, um, and and the rest of the themes within that play and within the films. But as I say, I, I just think there needs to be it needs to be different. I I think that mm. you know, as good as Shakespeare may be, I think um, churning out the same film again and again is uh, kind of pointless. <laughs> but but no, I definitely think there's a lot of scope for, for more exploration of masculinity within Hamlet and within the rest of Shakespeare's work. Brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, and I think that is all we have time for in today's episode. So I just want to say a big thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Yeah, no worries. It's, it's been great hearing your opinions. Um, and uh, good luck with your uh, society events in, in the near future. Thank you. Thank you. You too. And a big thank you to everyone else who tuned in to today's episode. This has been Cassie Dixon. Stay safe. And in the words of the bard himself, to thine own self be true.